0: listening to beyond the game i love you guys love the program you're already famous in rochester the watch out world it's a faith-based sports radio program that's the dumbest thing i could think of i love everything about it the the beards the
1: handshakes that just means i'm never leaving my kids alone with you the ladies are digging my sweet base
0: we would be honored if you would join us. welcome into the beyond the game program so glad to have you along for a Different kind of sports talk show as we also include biblical principles and applications from the Word of God. BTGProgram.com or at BTGProgram. This week is not a live broadcast, but instead we'll share a highlights episode made up of segments from previously aired programs. We'll be back in the studio next week, but I recorded this before heading out on an annual week long missions trip to the Dominican Republic. And if you feel so inclined, my family and I would very much appreciate your prayers. Well, let's get into it. This first segment was aired back in September, September 6th to be exact. We didn't really want to make a big deal about it or to overreact, but we do offer a faith-based perspective on a Peyton Manning Bears fan baptism skit, which ESPN had aired. My challenge to all of us is to not take our Christianity so casually. Zach, you saw the skit on ESPN, Peyton's Place, He's baptized as a Bears fan. I was somewhat troubled by it, especially by some of the phrasing in it. Peyton the Lesser, do you believe in Halas, the Papa Bear Almighty, and in Iron Mike Ditka, his only son, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit and suffered under Mike Miskaski? It goes on, one point, who descended into the hell that is Dallas, but rose again and ascended into heaven I'm I'm telling you, I found the whole thing a little bit trouble. I, I found it uh, maybe more than borderline blasphemous. Now I I know this is a get off my lawn moment, and I don't <laughs> I don't get excited about a lot of things, and 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 I don't get offended at a lot of things. I understand humor. I like to think I'm a funny guy, and I make jokes at stuff that probably I shouldn't. So I, I'm a little reluctant to get to go overboard on this, but there was something about it that I just didn't like. What did you think?
1: Well, I thought it was really funny to begin well, with.
0: To be honest, it was it was funny. It was it humorous was. when he
1: comes up out of the water and he has the the Ditko mustache on. I I almost had a spit take there. That was very funny. But my overall opinion of it is I got that little bit of a twinge of you know this is a topic that maybe shouldn't make it fun of, but overall you know, I didn't really have a problem with it. And, and my thoughts on it are basically that this is a commercial made by and featuring people who, as far as I know, are not believers. And so for me to expect them to produce content by the same standards that believers have doesn't make any sense to me.
0: I just, for me, I felt like maybe we shouldn't be laughing at this. And something like this comes along and it doesn't bother us, doesn't phase us, and I think maybe it should. I was troubled that I wasn't as troubled maybe as I should have been. Mm -hmm.
1: You know, generationally, we've sort of allowed more and more things to become commonplace in our lives that we probably shouldn't have. And I was just thinking, you know, I'll be sitting with my wife or we'll be, you know, in our room watching a movie or something. And one of my kids will get out of bed and walk in and I'll pause and be like, oh, they can't see this. And I'll think to myself, well, maybe I shouldn't see this Mm -hmm. either. You know, it's sort of a reality check for me.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. I think part of the problem is that casual approach to Christianity. Too often we have a casual approach to our Christianity. By definition, for many today, our faith, our walks of faith lack intention. They're, they're irregular. They're occasional even. And for many, it's really this, it's, it's downright apathetic. They, they just don't care about the things we should be caring the most about. It does say something, I think, when in so many churches, you know, people come in late. They get up, sometimes several times during the service and step out. Now, I know there are good reasons for this sometimes, but sometimes there isn't. They come back with a coffee. Maybe they go to the bathroom, which might be fine. But if the message was significantly important enough, uh, wouldn't you think that maybe you could hold it together for a little longer? Would you go out to the bathroom in the middle of a big at-bat during a ball game or during your uh, your favorite song at a concert? Or is that important enough for you to hold it together a little longer? I remember years ago, there was a time people came to church, they came early, they stayed late, sometimes even hours, you know, just staying after talking with one another, but not just casual conversation. It was edifying it wasn't the game they were talking about. It was real life. It was Bible interpretation. It was what God had revealed to them in their quiet times. You would see people reading their Bibles together, or maybe quietly praying together. For some, today, they, they've stopped bothering to go to church at all. Or maybe at most, it's every once in a while thing. And they'll tell you, you know, I'm still a believer. My, I still have my faith. But yet, so many other things are prioritized higher than their spiritual lives, I think because we often take it very casually. Consequently, the sinful situations that we see on our television screens are easily dismissed. And mocking one of the basic Christian practices, such as baptism, well, it's no big deal. Well, it was funny. And I'm with you. I, I, It was humorous, but you know what? I think I'm wrong. I think I should be offended by it. I know this, they would not have dared to make fun of an Islamic custom or practice. And you know why? Because I fear they take their faith more seriously than many Christians take theirs. There are places around the world today where they can't be casual or indifferent about worship services. They can't because they risk their lives worshiping the one true God, the God of the Bible. And you better believe they take it seriously. In other places, they walk miles, many times barefoot for an opportunity to worship Christ, to hear the Word of God preached. Yet we struggle to be on time. We skip going for the simplest of excuses. To be honest, many only go to church for the social aspect. Let's just be real. There's no hunger for the Word of God or to know Him better. We just go continuing on with our lukewarm living, thinking that, oh man, we're pleasing God. The Bible says in that In the last days, there will be a falling away, an apathy towards spiritual things. And I think we're seeing that we're living in those times because we're seeing prominent Christians turning from their faith. We're seeing people in our churches, people who you and I would sit beside who are not there anymore because it was never their love for Christ that drew them. Instead, it was acceptance by a group of people or friendships among those people. And sadly, when they can find that somewhere else with less accountability— they're gone. I believe we need to be more seriously studying and learning Scripture. We need to know what we believe and why we believe it. I mean, have we forgotten what Peter wrote in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5? He says, Now for this very reason also, applying all diligence in your faith, supply moral excellence, and in your moral excellence, knowledge. I'll just read two more Scripture verses this one a charge from Jesus himself Matthew chapter 6:33 says but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you my friends we need to seek first the kingdom of God it shouldn't come somewhere down our list of priorities lastly Matthew chapter 22 in verse 37 Jesus said unto him thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart with all thy soul with all thy mind. So the question becomes, do we? Do you? Do you love the Lord with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind? Or is it just some of it? I think as believers, we should all be challenged to take our faith more seriously. I'm sure there was no ill intent on the part of Peyton Manning or probably anybody else there at ESPN, but maybe that Peyton Manning baptism skit should bother us a bit more than it seems to have done when we come back we'll wrap up this week's show with our you like that segment along with zach barletta i'm rick benson this is the beyond the game
1: program.
0: hey everybody it's benson you probably know that beyond the game is a different kind of sports talk radio program Sports conversation and Bible verses mixed together? Why would anybody do that? Here's why. Because the message of Jesus Christ is so important that we use sports to appeal to sports fans. Trying to be, as Paul said in 1 Corinthians 9, all things to all men that I might by all means save some. You see, all of us are sinners. And because we are, we can't get to heaven on our own merit. The Bible says in Romans 3.23 that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But it also tells us that God loves us, so much so that he sent his Son, who was the only one who never sinned, and though he did not need to die, willingly did so on the cross as a sacrifice to pay the debt of all our sin. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Why? Because God wants us all to be saved from an eternity in hell. 1 Timothy 2.4 says he desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. But the good news is Jesus didn't stay in the grave. Instead, he rose again, defeating death and making it possible for us to go to heaven as a result of his righteousness. You see, that's the grace of God we want to tell you about. Sports Talk Radio allows us to bring that message of the forgiveness of sins to sports fans all around the world. Forgiveness of sins is available To all people everywhere. 1 John 1 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The Bible says that anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10 says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. I hope you'd pray to God. I hope you'd confess to Him that you know yourself to be a sinner. And tell Him that you know and believe that Jesus died on the cross for you. And begin a new way of life, turning from sin and seeking after God. If you want to know more about what it means to be a Christian, you can visit our website, btgprogram.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the rest of the show. Time now to look back on the week in Roberts Wesleyan College Athletics. This is the Red Hawks Recap being brought to you by Roberts Wesleyan College. This Red Hawks Recap covers up only through Saturday, November 9th, due to the fact that I left for a missions trip early Sunday morning. Reggie Clark hit a game-winning shot with two seconds left on the clock to give Roberts Wesleyan men's basketball team a 78-75 victory over Nyack in the first game of the regular season last Friday night. Clark finished with a game-high 22 points, going 7-of-10 from the field, including an exceptional 5-of-6 from three-point range. The women were at home last Friday night for their home opener, but fell to Franklin Pierce University 61-48. to Freshman Madison McCormick was the leading scorer for the Redhawks with 10 points. Coming up in home action over the week ahead, the women's volleyball team will be home on Saturday, November 16th, taking on Damon College at noon. Also that day, the women's basketball team will host Bloomfield College as part of the Red Hawk Alumni Classic. Tip-off is scheduled for 5.30 p.m. The ladies will be home again on Tuesday the 19th against LeMoyne College at 6.30 and on Friday, November 22nd against Lake Erie College at 7. The men's basketball team will be home on Sunday the 17th, hosting American International College in a 2 p.m. start. Support the Red Hawks. Go on out to the Roberts Wesleyan College campus and take in a game the only Division II college athletics program in the Rochester area. And you can stay up to date with all the Roberts Wesleyan Athletics action at their website, robertsredhawks.com. There you'll also find news, scores, highlights, and more. And, of course, you can follow Roberts Wesleyan Athletics on Twitter at RWC Redhawks. This has been the Redhawks Recap presented by Roberts Wesleyan College.
1: Do you know a high school athlete looking for a D2 college? Hi, I'm Dr. Dina Porterfield, president of Roberts Wesleyan College, where athletics are fundamental to our commitment to educate for character. Our athletic program is strong and getting stronger every year. We offer 17 varsity sports, from lacrosse and basketball to track and field and soccer, and the only Division II athletic program in the area. Tell the young athlete in your life about Roberts. Visit roberts.edu.
0: Welcome back into a highlights broadcast of the Beyond the Game program as I am away on a mission trip. And if you wouldn't mind, perhaps this serves as an opportunity for you to say a quick prayer for me and the team ministering in the Dominican Republic this week. This next segment aired just a few weeks ago, October 18th. While fans like to blame officials a lot of times for their team's losses, rarely in sports does a team miss opportunities and still come away victorious. We all know there are bad calls from time to time, but let's be honest. A better performance on the field and those calls don't really matter. In this segment, we share a few biblical thoughts on missed opportunities. A lot of noise we've been hearing this past week about NFL officiating. It's uh, At the very least, it's been a difficult year for the guys in the striped shirts so far. And there were a few more questionable calls this past weekend, starting in Thursday night's Giants-Patriots game, but it culminated in what seemed like the refs absolutely stealing a game from the Detroit Lions Monday night in their nationally televised loss at Green Bay. The NFL has since admitted that at least one of those two key penalties called against the Lions was wrong. Now, Troy Vincent, he's the NFL's executive vice president of football operations. He said that while one of the two illegal hands-to-the-face penalties called against Lions defenseman Trey Flowers, one of them was right. But the other one was not. Vincent said he would discuss the matter with Lions officials. They have a regularly scheduled owners' meeting. It begins to began this past Tuesday. It ran through Wednesday. I have not heard anything out of that. And you could discuss it all you want in said meeting, and you can apologize through the entire meeting. But for a team that played their heart out the way the Lions did, man, that's going to sound like shallow, idle words. Sure, the apology's nice. The Pledge of Correction... If there is one, is nice. But those refs may have cost the Lions a game there.
1: And it's a game between two division rivals who are probably gonna be battling each other potentially for a wild card spot. There's a very real possibility that this game decides who goes to the playoffs and who doesn't. So to be the Lions in this situation is it's not great.
0: After the blatant non call of pass interference in last year's NFC's championship game. The NFL instituted this new replay system, making all pass interferences reviewable by instant replay, which on the surface, it seems like a good idea. But it has seemed like officials have just flat-out refused, maybe even
1: spitefully
0: refused, to overturn calls, even those which look fairly obvious, such as the one we saw in the Giants-Patriots game.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was one of the more egregious ones I've ever seen. And it's been not even just those, but in the same... Uh, Packers-Lions game, you have a touchdown scored by Alan Lazard where the pylon cam shows he's clearly down a foot or two outside of the end zone um, and all scoring plays are supposed to be reviewed. Somehow that play is not reviewed. I, I Their handling of review this year has been very poor.
0: My argument against replay has always been pretty simple. If they're going to look at it on video and you're still going to get it wrong, What's the point? Why bother? You might as well just play the game and lean on the old human element of the game thing, which many people have no problem with that anyway. Yes, we want the calls to be right. Absolutely. But come on, what good is replay if you still can't get it right? It's beyond time, in my opinion, for the NFL to get full-time referees.
1: I agree, and I think that, look, if what we're going to see is that the referees just— aren't going to overturn the call, even when the video says it should be overturned, then maybe that needs to be taken out of their hands.
0: Now, going back to just a bit, I said that the refs may have cost the Lions a game because you know the old saying, you have to play well enough that the officials aren't part of the decision. And now that might seem cliche, but if you want to beat an Aaron Rodgers-led team, going down the field and getting three points instead of six or seven is not how you're going to do that. The Lions flat-out missed opportunities.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. Um, you know, it's it, it, it's it feels like being a Bills fan a lot, where, you know, so many times we complain about the refereeing in games against the Patriots or whatever, but at the end of the day, like you said, you're not going to beat them with field goals. They're too good. Same with the Packers. And um, you look at that play because it's the obvious one. It's the one that everyone's upset about, the one that was clearly botched. But at the same time, if you're finding the end zone on those plays instead of settling for field goals, it's a completely different story. So the blame goes both ways.
0: I understand that the Packers may have stepped up, but can you really blame the refs for a one-point loss when you left a dozen points or so out there by settling for field goals? And you get get it. There, you know, you got a defense. It's not all that the offense didn't get it done, but the offense didn't get it done. So that's, you, you can't blame the refs when you left 12 points out there in any sport. You cannot miss opportunities and expect to win. The Yankees last week in Houston, Game 2, they lost in 11 innings. They had a number of chances to put that game away and head home up 2-0. Probably would have changed the dynamic of the entire series. Now, again, I understand Houston stepped up, made the pitches, made the plays when they needed to. And it's not like the Yankees weren't trying as hard. I understand that in any competition, there's both successes and failures for both teams. All I'm saying is that you can't miss opportunities and expect to win, and you definitely can't miss opportunities and then turn around and blame the officials. I mean, speaking of missed opportunities by the Yankees, how many men have they left on base in this series? For the believer in Jesus Christ, missed opportunities are even more costly. One never knows but it's entirely possible that the believer may be the only one an unrepentant person may ever come in contact with. We never know if that's someone's best possibility of coming to know Christ or not, but to miss that opportunity, well, it could be devastating. Sometimes opportunities, they come disguised as problems. We see an obstacle, and so we try to avoid it, preferring not to deal with it. Problems can be God's opportunities, in disguise, especially when, when they make someone better by addressing these problems head-on. Don't miss an opportunity, just because at first it looks like a problem. And additionally, opportunities, well, you know, they often have an expiration date. If you don't take advantage of an opportunity which God has put before you, it doesn't necessarily mean that you've lost the opportunity, but it might. God may turn to someone else, through whom he will accomplish his will. I'll tell you, I recently had a situation, and I've had to ask God for forgiveness because I resisted a call, and it really became clear to me over time. Someone else went out and did exactly what I kind of felt God calling me to do. I missed an opportunity, and somebody else is being used instead of me, and I feel awful about it. And I had to go to God and get that thing figured out. I had to ask him for his forgiveness. In Jesus' time, the Jewish leaders of the day missed an opportunity when they rejected Christ. They were waiting for the Messiah. Here he came, and they rejected him. He'd been prophesied about. They rejected him. Matthew chapter 21, verse 43 says this, Therefore I say unto you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people producing the fruit of it. As a result of Israel's hesitation to accept the salvation God offered him through the Messiah, Jesus Christ, God then offered the gospel to the Gentiles, the non-Jews. I, and look, I'm grateful that that's the way that went, but fortunately, Bible prophecy says Israel will get another opportunity to accept Jesus, to declare him as the King of kings. But there, there's going to have been many, many, many lost years in between those opportunities. Don't miss an opportunity by waiting too long to respond. And yet another thing to consider is that opportunities might very well be challenged. They might be challenged. You might meet some opposition. Just because you met with opposition after you began a work which you believe God called you to do, doesn't mean that God's not in that. It's not necessarily an indication that you've not heard God correctly. The Apostle Paul knew that he would experience opposition when going through one of God's open doors. First Corinthians chapter sixteen, verses eight and nine says, "I will remain in Ephesus until Pentecost for a wide door for effective service has opened to me, and there are many adversaries. Opposition can actually be a sign that you are indeed following God's will." but that Satan is doing all he can to distract you and knock you off course. Acts chapter 14, verse 22 says, Strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith, and saying, Through many tribulations we must enter the kingdom of God. You could be sure that where God wants you to succeed, Satan wants you to fail. Don't miss an opportunity because you expect a Christian life to be free of any problems or obstacles. And here's one more thing about opportunities, which is fairly obvious. They're often missed out of fear. Whenever there is fear on our part, there's reassurance on God's. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9 says, And he has said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Remember that God often brings us to a place where our strength is small. We're weak. And he does that so that we can see his great power. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power and love and discipline. And in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, he says, Make sure that your character is free from the love of money, being content with what you have, For he himself has said, I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you. Whenever an opportunity is presented, there's two choices. You know, we can walk by faith, or we can walk in fear. Now, I'm certain that somebody listening to this radio program right now has an opportunity in front of them. Which will you choose? Will you walk by faith, or will you walk in fear? Maybe you're nervous, and that's good. Don't move forward in your own strength but trusting God's. Rely on Him to not only reassure your call, but carry you through to the fulfillment of His plans. If there's something we can pray about for you, please let us know. You can reach out to us through our website. Once again, it's btgprogram.com. We'll be back in just a bit along with Zach Barletta. I'm Rick Benson. This is the Beyond the Game program. Thanks so much for being with us here on the Beyond the Game program. I hope you enjoyed this highlights episode from previous broadcasts. Though this is a highlight show, I do have a you like that moment to share with you. Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 17 says, For I will restore health unto thee, and I will heal thee of thy wounds, saith the Lord. Because they called thee an outcast, saying, This is Zion, whom no man seeketh after. What I liked this week was a video shared by Major League Baseball of Houston Astro star Jose Altuve surprising a fan who had suffered severe burns in a gas leak explosion this past March. In the video, you can see a young boy in what seems to be his family's living room, wearing an Astros shirt and hat. The boy doesn't realize yet that Altuve had just walked in the front door, and when the lad turns around and sees him standing there, you can only imagine how his mind was processing what he was seeing in his own home. Altuve presented him with gifts as the boy gave him a big hug, Just a nice moment caught on camera, and Jose Haltuve, surprising a fan, is what I like like this week. Thanks so much for being with us here on the Beyond the Game program. We'll be back in studio next week with a brand new episode. Please don't forget that this radio program is only on the air thanks to the generous support of our listeners. Because of your prayers and financial gifts, the Beyond the Game program is able to be aired. Please pray about becoming a supporter of this radio ministry, and if you feel led to give a financial gift of any amount, please visit our website, btgprogram.com. And just a reminder, we do at this time need your support. For Zach Barletta, I'm Rick Benson. Lord willing, we'll be back together again next week right here at this same time. Be bold and be great this week, everybody.